Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Exodus. Now, last time we read Exodus chapter 27. That chapter covered the making of the altar and the court of the tabernacle. And now we are ready to read chapter 28. Let me read just the last verse. In the tent of meeting of God with his people outside the veil, which is in front of the ark of the testimony and sets it apart, Aaron, the high priest and his sons shall keep the lamp burning from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a perpetual statute to be observed throughout their generations on behalf of the Israelites. So now we are ready to read chapter 28. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now bring your brother Aaron near and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel, so that he may serve as priest to me, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. You are to make sacred garments, official clothing reserved for holy services, for Aaron, your brother, for honor and for beauty, ornamentation. Tell all the skilled and talented people whom I have endowed with a spirit of wisdom that they are to make Aaron's garments to sanctify him and set him apart to serve as a priest for me. So these were going to be unique garments and clothing. These are the garments which they shall make, a breastpiece and an ephod for the breastpiece, and a robe and a tunic of checkered work, a turban and a sash. They shall make sacred garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, so that he may serve as a priest to me. They are to use the gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet fabric and fine twisted linen from the people. And they shall make the ephod of gold and blue, purple and scarlet fabric and fine twisted linen, skillfully woven and beautifully worked. It is to have two shoulder pieces joined to its two back and front ends so that it may be joined together. And the skillfully woven sash, which is on the ephod, shall be made of the same material of gold, of blue, purple, and scarlet fabric, and fine twisted linen. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the twelve sons of Israel. Six of the names on one stone and the remaining six names on the other stone arranged in the order of their births. With the work of a jeweler, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones according to the names of the sons of Israel. You shall have them set in filigree settings of gold. You shall put the two stones on the two shoulder pieces of the ephod of the high priest as memorial stones for Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names on his two shoulders as a memorial before the Lord. You shall make filigree settings of gold, and you are to make two chains of pure gold like twisted cords and fasten the corded chains to the settings. Now, I am not a jeweler. Filigree, the filigree settings are supposed to be um, ornate and intricate 
little settings that hold gems or stones into place. Okay. That's the best description that I can give. I think it's interesting that the names of the sons of Israel are on these stones. That That is a constant reminder of who he's representing. He's representing all the tribes of Israel. And, you know, it's just something, it's just something to think about. He's representing all of Israel as their high priest. And so he's carrying the weight of the nation in a way on his shoulders. Now, that's a big responsibility. Now, I'm not trying to make it out to be a bigger thing than it is because, you know, God is the ultimate source and leader. But nonetheless, he is responsible to go before the Lord and pray for the people and be their representative. This is what Jesus does for us today. So so realize what they're giving Aaron and, and how much responsibility Aaron is taking on. Now, Jesus is continually before God doing this sort of thing for us today. And uh, he's already done his sacrifice for us and all that. But he represents us. And that's, that's what Aaron is doing here. He's representing the nation of Israel, all the tribes before God. You are to make a breastpiece of judgment, the work of a skilled and talented craftsman. Like the work of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, of blue, purple, and scarlet fabric, and of fine twisted linen. The breastpiece shall be square and folded double, a span about nine inches in length, and a span in width. So it's going to be nine by nine. You shall mount on it four rows of stones. The first row shall be a row of ruby, topaz, and emerald. The second row, a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold filigree. Now again, this is a setting made of gold. It's fine little gold that's going to hold these gems in place. It's a setting like on a ring where it has the little prongs that hold it in place. The engraved stones shall be twelve according to the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. They shall be like the engravings of a signet, each with its name for the twelve tribes. You shall make for the breastpiece chains of pure gold twisted like cords. You shall make on the breastpiece two rings of gold and shall put the two rings on the two ends of the breastpiece. You shall put the two twisted cords of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastpiece. The other two ends of the two cords you shall fasten in the two filigree settings in front, putting them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod. You shall make two gold rings and put them at the two ends of the breastpiece on its inside edge next to the ephod. You are to make two gold rings and attach them to the lower part of the two shoulder pieces of the ephod in front, close to the place where it is joined, above the skillfully woven sash of the ephod. They shall bind the breastpiece by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a blue cord, so that it will be above the skillfully woven sash of the ephod, so that the breastpiece will not come loose from the ephod. 
So Aaron shall carry the names of the sons of Israel, Jacob, in the breastpiece of judgment over his heart when he enters the holy place to bring them in continual remembrance before the Lord. In the breastpiece of judgment you shall put the Urim lights and the Thummim perfections to be used for determining God's will in a matter. In a matter, they shall be over Aaron's heart whenever he goes before the Lord, and Aaron shall always carry the judgment, verdict, judicial decisions of the sons of Israel over his heart before the Lord. Now, I want to explain something here. In the breastpiece of judgment, they put the Urim and the Thummim, which are two items that are used in casting lots. They believed that the divine providence of God, if they had come down to a point to where they needed a decision and they did not know what decision to make, that they would cast these items and that would determine God's will in a manner because they believed that God would affect the outcome of those laws that they cast. I don't want to call them dice because I don't think that is accurate. If you will give me a moment, I will look them up and try to see what they are. Okay, so the Urim and Thurim, from what I can gather, appear to have been two kind of flat rocks. Um, it looks like they would have been, you know, rocks that would have been used with two sides, um, possibly almost like the flipping of a coin. So the idea of the Urim and the Thuman, and, and I'm pronouncing that as best I can, it may not be correct, but the idea is that they were light and truth or perfection, in, and they were used to determine God's will in a manner in that they were used almost like a coin toss that would point them in the right direction if they come to something and they needed to make a decision. As I said before, if uh, they got down to a point where they just weren't sure what to do, they would use this to determine God's will. They believed that God, through his providence, would affect the outcome of them casting these lots and would affect which part of the stone they would see. So, I'm not sure of the exact uh, procedure they used. I don't want to get too far into that. But I do know that it was similar to like flipping a coin or throwing the dice, okay, and the idea of it. So that was the idea of the Urim lights and, and Thuman perfections, which is kind of like the light is like the light as in lighting the way, showing the way, perfection as in the truth and what is correct and good. It's kind of hard for us to think of that because we don't think in those terms. But back then, it's one of the tools they had, and they believed and trusted in God that he would providentially affect the outcome of those stones and would thus direct their path if they did not know what else to do. So I'm also going to include in the video, I know for the podcast you won't be able to see this, but in the video I'm going to include some pictures of the high priest and 
the robes and the, the breastplate. Uh, this breastplate with the um, the stones that represented the tribes of uh, Israel. Again, this would, would have reminded the high priest that he was there representing the nation. He was representing all of the tribes of Israel. And it would have been something where he would be coming forth representing the people to God again. And that's something that the Lord does for us now. And we don't have stones to cast lots or anything like that because we don't need that. We have the Bible. We can know God's will. And we can know what is right to do and do that. All right, I'm going to continue on. And you shall make the robe of the ephod all blue. There shall be an opening at its top in the center for the head with a binding of woven work around the opening, like the opening in a coat of armor, so that it will not tear or fray. You shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet fabric all around its hem, with gold bells between them, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate all around the bottom hem of the robe. Aaron shall wear the robe when he ministers, and its sound shall be heard when he goes alone into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out, so that he will not die there. Now realize that only the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and would be alone, and it would usually be an elderly person. So, you would hear them moving and know that everything was okay, but if something should happen, if they should die and you didn't hear the bells, that would be a sign, an indication. And then they would take whatever appropriate action would need, be needed. You shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it, like the engravings of a signet, holy to the Lord. You shall fasten it on the front of the turban with a blue cord. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall take away the guilt from the holy things which the sons of Israel dedicate with regard to all their holy gifts. It shall always be on his forehead, so that they may, may be accepted before the Lord. You shall weave the tunic of checkered work of fine linen, and make a turban of fine linen. You shall make a sash the work of an embroiderer. For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics and sashes and ornamental caps for glory and honor and beauty. You shall put the various articles of clothing on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him, and shall anoint them and ordain and sanctify them so that they may serve me as priests. You shall make for them white linen undergarments to cover their bare flesh, reaching from the waist to the thighs. The various articles of clothing shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they enter the tent of meeting or when they approach the altar of incense to minister in the holy place so that they do not incur guilt and die. It shall be a statute forever to Aaron and to his descendants after him. So this clothing, this ornamental outfit that the priests wear, it all has some purpose and it has some representation to remind the priest 
Now, this is just how I think of it. I take, I try to take everything and make it something personal to me. And I feel like that's what we should always do. We should try to equate everything in the Bible to us in some way. It may not literally, you know, be something because I'm not literally going to dress up like this and I'm not literally going to go into the Holy of Holies. However, we can look at this and recognize how these things represent, um, you know, what, what, what would this mean to the person? That's what I'm getting at. What would this mean to the person putting this on? What would this remind them of? What would be their thoughts as they're dressing in this and getting ready to go perform their duties to the Lord? And they're doing this as a representative of the entire nation. And thus they have, you know, they have the stones on their shoulders they, that represent that, you know, have the, the names of the tribes of Israel, of the sons of Jacob. And then they have the breastplate also with the precious stones, also a representation. So a big part of this is the fact that this high priest is going in to represent the nation. This is a big deal, a very important thing, and they are making it very clear that it is important. Part of the, uh, when you see the, the Catholic Church and part of their, their robes and some of their pageantry, a lot of that comes from some of this that the, the Jewish people did. Now, I'm not saying they do it exactly the same, but I'm saying you will see some of the same general ideas in the way they will have their robes and they have a, a sensor of uh, like incense or coals burning to have, have this smoke and um, different things like that. So it's very interesting. Like I said, I will include in the video that I'll have on YouTube, I'll include some pictures to try to show some of this. It's very interesting to look at. Now, realize that the pictures may not be 100% accurate. These are people trying to depict the description um, and I'm not sure if there's any pictures of the exact garb or not. This would have been thousands of years ago, and it may have changed over time. Because things do change over time, we know in society that's how things happen. I will try to include some, though, uh, pictures. I think that will be helpful. Now, this has been Exodus chapter 28, and it has really been all about the garments of the priests. And really focusing heavily on the high priest, on Aaron's garment. And remember that he is going to be representing the nation, all the tribes. Much like the Lord, Jesus, he represents all Christians to God as our high priest today. He is our high priest and he is there in front of God continually representing us. So that, but that was going to be Aaron's job back then. So it, that's why this is important and it's important to think about and try to relate this in some way to us so that we can understand the importance of it and why things are described and laid out this way. Remember that God was wanting to be and was in their camp. He was in the tabernacle and they could see his presence there.
So this was a huge, a huge deal. And Aaron, as the high priest, would go into the presence of God there in the tabernacle. And that is like what Jesus does. Jesus is always in the presence of God now. Again, representing us. So I think it's important to understand this history and what Aaron was taking on. This was a big, important deal. When we take on um, this kind of role and say we're going to represent people and we're going to publicly take on a role where we are trying to help our fellow Christians in a manner as this, like if you're going to be an elder or a preacher or even a deacon and just just serve and help in other ways, um, all this can be important. And it's things we have to really think about. We have to think about the commitment and what that means to say that, yes, I'm going to stand up in this place and I'm going to do this. Even saying, now we don't want to put a lot of pressure on people and make things difficult, but even even in leading a prayer, we need to have some respect and consideration and thoughtfulness to what we are doing. Um, it's not that we have to say a perfect prayer or anything like that. No, not, not that at all. But we want to make sure that we go before God humbly, respectfully, and, and say a prayer as best we can to just lead that prayer for the people as best we can. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be so super eloquent. Don't worry about all that. It's the intent behind the prayer that matters the most. But we do want to make sure, like I said, that we're humble and that we're respectful and considerate when we do that. Again, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to forget things, and that's that's okay. But just as an example, we need to realize that uh, when we do something like that, it is it is important that we do so in a correct and humble manner. Okay? All right. So, again, this has been Exodus chapter 28. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.